Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me, the podcast where I take characters real or imagined and I fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz, and today we are going to be turning Abria Iyengar into a D&D character. This was another suggestion. I love them. Keep emailing them in. I have an ever-growing list of those. So thank you so much for that, everyone who's been emailing. So, Abria Iyengar. She is all over the place in the TTRPG community, the tabletop role-playing game community. She really is everywhere. Uh, like, you know that idea, six degrees of separation, how, like, everyone's connected by, like, six or fewer social connections? Well, that's like Abria in the TTRPG community. If if you know anyone in that community, they are somehow connected to her. She is everywhere. I first saw Abria on Dimension 20 in the side story Pirates of Leviathan. She was so good on that. She played Myrtle, who's also known as Hot Vaporeon, which, uh, yes. And also then... She was the game master for Misfits and Magic on Dimension 20, which is wild because like Brennan Lee Mulligan was always like in that sea. And then it's like, oh no, Abria Iyengar is taken over and is going to crush it. And then she did. And it was, anyway, may also know her from Critical Role, the Adventure Zone, because she DM'd for the Adventure Zone too, because why the hell not? And also she has a podcast called Storybenders, where her and Josh Arkin dissect and discuss episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, which Avatar is the best show. I've always thought that ever since it first came out, I was a I was a wee lad watching Avatar and I'm like, this is the greatest show that ever was or ever has been within the confines of space time. And I still believe that. Well, she's got a podcast discussing the episodes of it. It only goes up until book one, chapter 13, The Blue Spirit so far. So Abria, I am waiting for the rest of those. Thank you very much. But yeah, she's, she's, everywhere. I can't name all of her credits because if I did that, that would be the podcast. It would take like a full 45 minutes to an hour to list all of those off. So I've just named the bigger ones that I'm familiar with. But what's going to be difficult about this episode for me is that I can't just pull up a Wikipedia page on Abria Iyengar because there isn't one yet. So... I, this, this is going to be kind of like the Mrs. Claus episode where it's like, yeah, there's some information about her and I know some things, but I'm mostly going to just have to wing it and take a lot of creative liberties. So buckle up for my version of Abria Iyengar as a D&D character based off what I've seen of her yeah, okay, let's do it. So let's just go right into background. That should be totally easy, right? Because not knowing anything about someone's background makes it really easy to pick a background for them. So this should be, this should just take a few seconds, right? Right now, I'm leaning towards the entertainer background because she is a professional entertainer. But then I'm also thinking, oh, but there's so many fun ones that I could just... I could just do what I did for Mrs. Claus and just make up this whole fiction. She could be a knight or a gladiator or a noble or a clan crafter. Well, no, okay. I, I mean, I guess I am going to go with entertainer because like I know that much about Abria. So entertainer, beautiful. 
Uh, she is going to gain skill proficiencies in acrobatics and performance, and tool proficiencies in a disguise kit and one type of musical instrument. And I love disguise kit because in Pirates of Leviathan, she would always do her makeup so, oh, it was just so cool because she would do her makeup like her character Myrtle. Anyway, so disguise kit and a type of musical instrument. I don't know if Abria can play any instrument, so I'm just gonna say that she can play the clarinet. Abria Iyengar is proficient in clarinet. You heard it here first, and probably last, but there you have it. Watch, she actually is like a virtuoso at the clarinet, and I just totally nailed it. But anyway, so we have entertainer background, now let's go to race. I think she's very, like, confident and charismatic. So that makes me think of elves, because I think the reason I view them as confident and charismatic is because they can live for so long. They go through all of those, like, more awkward, self-conscious phases earlier, and then they have a lot of time to live with that self-assuredness. So I'm leaning towards elf. What were some... Other fun ones be, ooh, how about a tiefling? Like a fun little devil. I'm also thinking of like the characters she's played, but she can really play anything, so that doesn't, that doesn't help me much. Uh, how a boot? I feel like Kenku might make sense because she's an actress, so being able to mimic people's voices would be helpful. But no, I can't, I can't get the elf image out of my head. Let's go elf. So with elf, there are a few sub races of elf. So let's see what we got there. I'm thinking high elf or maybe wood elf because that gives her an increased walking speed, proficiency in some bows. And it reminds me of her character Antiope Jones on Dimension 20's The Seven, which I think Antiope Jones is my favorite of hers that I've seen so far. It could just be because that season slapped so hard. Like it ended a while ago and there's still a handprint on my face. Um, so yeah, let's go with Wood Elf. So as an elf, her dexterity is gonna go up two. She's going to have dark vision. She's gonna have proficiency in perception. Her fey ancestry means she has advantage on saving throws against being charmed and magic can't put her to sleep. Speaking of sleep, she's also going to be able to trance. So instead of taking an eight hour long rest, she can just meditate for four hours and be in this kind of deep meditation. For languages, she can speak, read and write common and elvish. And for being a wood elf, her wisdom is going to increase by one. Elf weapon training means she's going to have proficiency with a long sword, short sword, short bow and long bow. Fleet of Foot is going to increase her walking speed to 35 feet. So elves regularly have a walking speed of 30 feet. Well, she's a wood elf, so 35 feet. And she gets Mask of the Wild. So she can attempt to hide even when she's only lightly obscured by foliage, heavy rain, falling snow, mist, and other natural phenomena. So normally you can only hide if like there's something for you to hide behind or hide in. Now, if it's just like kind of foggy out, Abria can hide then as well. Kind of off topic and not to brag, but Abria posted something on Twitter about like season three of Critical Role. And I was all like, Abria, the amount of episodes for Critical Role is like kind of overwhelming. Where should I start? And she responded to me 
So if you think about this rationally, Abria and I are best friends. Anyway, moving on. So now that we have her background entertainer and her race, Wood Elf, we can roll for stats. So that's when you take a d6, a six-sided die, roll it four times, drop the lowest number, and add up the remaining three to get one of these six ability scores. So we're going to do that now. Okay, so I rolled, and she did pretty badly. Like, I don't think I've rolled this poorly for a while. Um, I'm... I'm really tempted to kind of fudge the numbers and bump them up a bit, but, you know, I, I haven't done that yet, so I will resist, uh, but, we, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. It's fine. She got 11, 9, 6, 9, 12, and 15. So, 15's pretty good. We can do stuff with 15, but 9, 6, and 9, those are three numbers below 10. 10 is average. 10 is like base level. That's a plus zero modifier. Anything below 10 is going to be negative, which means you perform less than average in that. First and foremost, I think... I think just like with last time, I am going to use Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, those optional rules, to take the plus two she gets to Dexterity and the plus one she gets to Wisdom for being a Wood Elf, and just change those into a blanket plus two to one stat and plus one to another. Because I, I don't want to abuse that ability because I think it's it's fun and kind of challenging not to. But when you roll poorly, I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. So the highest number we rolled is 15. I'm thinking we're gonna do charisma because everything I've seen her in, she has just used a lot of charisma. It's all been performance, right? So 15 charisma. We have a oh we have a plus two and a plus one. I'm definitely gonna do one of them there. I'm gonna do oh what should I do? This is hard. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do a plus two to charisma. So that 15 becomes a 17, which is a plus three modifier. So pretty good charisma to start. Next highest is 12. That is going to go. Let's do. Oh no. Okay. I'm going to do constitution just because I don't think you should ever have a negative number in constitution and even having a plus zero in constitution can be really detrimental because constitution helps determine your hit points if you have nothing to constitution or a negative your hit points are going to be terrible and you're going to get taken out all the time so 12 constitution that is a plus one modifier next we have 11 i'm gonna put that 11 into dexterity and we also have an additional plus one that we still have. So I'm going to bump that 11 to a 12, which as we know is a plus one. Okay, great. Now we have two nines and a six. Ooh, what, what would a Bria's dump stat be? What wouldn't she use? I, I feel like, I feel like she's, she's a spellcaster a lot. Although she is a martial character. I feel like dexterity is usually, okay, okay. I'm going to put the six in strength. I think strength is going to be her dump stat, her worst stat, which is a negative two. So terrible strength. And that means the nines go into intelligence and wisdom, which are both negative ones. Ooh, Abria, I'm sorry the dice did you dirty like that. 
Okay, so Abria's starting stats are 6 Strength, 12 Dexterity, 12 Constitution, 9 Intelligence, 9 Wisdom, and 17 Charisma. Oof-a-doof. That's... That's hard to look at. It's fine. We'll we'll improve them as we go. Those aren't going to be the stats that we end with. The bad thing is because the stats are so low, we're going to have to use pretty much all of the ability scores that she's going to get to actually increase her ability scores. So I don't know when we're going to be able to give her like cool feats. But yeah, the, the dice tell a story, even if the story is bad and you don't like it. Okay, so we have... Her stats now, we can actually pick a class. I think you all know what we are going to do. We are going to start in Sorcerer. Bet you thought I was going to say Bard, huh? You idiot. No, we're starting in Sorcerer. Because Abria wasn't always an entertainer, wasn't always a performer, wasn't always a Bard. So I think, who was she as a child? And I'm like, Oh, she's just like a powerful witch. Yes, I love that journey for her. So <laughs> we're gonna start with Sorcerer. So she's not going to be proficient in any armor, which is a bummer because if you don't have any armor, your armor class is just 10 plus your dexterity modifier. So she has an 11 armor class, which if you know anything about D&D is awful. It's terrible. That's that's truly bad. And her constitution's low, so she's not going to have a lot of hit points either, because sorcerers have the lowest hit points tied with wizards. So it's going to be a rough few levels, but it's fine. It's okay. We'll, we'll get through it together. She's going to have proficiency in daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows. Proficiency in Constitution and Charisma saving throws. So one of the reasons I wanted to start in Sorcerer is to get those Constitution saving throws, because if you are going to be a spellcaster, those are very important, because you use those to maintain concentration on spells. So I think it's always good to at least have... to, to have something there. And if she's only got a plus one Constitution, I had to give her proficiency. Otherwise, she wouldn't be able to maintain concentration on anything. So there you have it. But also for skills, she's going to get two from Arcana, Deception, Insight, Intimidation, Persuasion, and Religion. Uh, let's see. From being an elf, she has proficiency in Perception. And for being an entertainer, she has proficiency in Acrobatics and Performance. So no overlap there. I think I'm going to go Persuasion... And tries to be boring and go with deception too. I am thinking about it, but if this is kind of a fantasy Abria Iyengar, then I think I'm gonna do persuasion and arcana. I think I think she knows a lot about magic. Not the fantasy, the actual Abria knows a lot about magic, but won't tell anyone. Which <laughs> I get it. That's fine. You don't have to share your secrets, just you know, hint at them, I guess. So as a sorcerer. Abria is going to have spellcasting. So she's going to know four cantrips of her choice from the sorcerer spell list. And I really love elven spellcasters, mechanics-wise, because spellcasters get their spell slots back after a long rest. So after normally an eight-hour rest. But since Abria is an elf, it's only going to take her four hours to get her spell slots back. 
Her spellcasting ability is going to be Charisma. Fortunately, that is her highest stat. So her spell save DC, or what targets need to equal or beat in order to resist the effects of Abria's spells, is going to be 8, plus her proficiency bonus, plus her Charisma modifier. Proficiency bonus at first level is just plus 2. So 8, plus 2, plus 3 Charisma is going to be 13. So not... Nah, not great, but also not bad. And spell attack modifier is just going to be proficiency bonus plus charisma modifier. So that's going to be plus five. Again, not great, not bad. So that's what she's going to use for any spells that require an attack roll, like if she takes the firebolt cantrip or something like that. Also, she's going to get a sorceress origin. So that is the sorcerer subclass. They get to pick their subclass at first level because this is where their magic comes from. And I am going to say stone sorcery because I think that's pretty metal. <laughs> oh, you don't get it yet. So there's an ability stone sorcerers get called metal magic. So when Abria can learn additional sorcerer spells she can select from an expanded spell list. So she's going to have access to spells like Compelled Duel, Searing Smite, Thunderous Smite, Wrathful Smite, a bunch of smite spells to kind of turn her into a more weapon-focused sorcerer, which is great because she's also going to gain some bonus proficiencies. So she's going to gain proficiency with shields, simple weapons, and martial weapons. Additionally, the last ability she gets as a first level stone sorcerer is Stone's Durability. So her hit point maximum is going to go up by one every level. So her hit points were seven, right? But now, <laughs> now they're eight, which is fine. Because as part of Stone's Durability, as an action, Abria can gain a base armor class of 13 plus her constitution modifier if she's not wearing armor. And what's great is the effect is going to last until she ends it as a bonus action, she's incapacitated, or she dons armor. So she can essentially just activate Stone's Durability and never never deactivate it and just have that armor class 13 plus her constitution is plus one and now she has proficiency in shields which is a plus two to armor class so boom right there she went from having an armor class of 11 to an armor class of 16 that is incredible i have a I think she's she's a 13th level sorcerer and she has a 15 armor class or maybe it just increased to 16, but Abria doesn't have to wait till 13th level, okay? She won't have it. She's not gonna do that. Beautiful. That's cool. That's a, that's a cool subclass. Now we are going to go second level in sorcerer. Abria is going to gain a font of magic, a deep wellspring of magic within herself that she can tap into. And those are going to be her sorcery points. So she's going to have one sorcery point per sorcerer level. So right now she's a second level sorcerer. So she's going to have two and she's going to gain one every level she takes in sorcerer. She can use those for flexible casting. So she can transform unexpended sorcery points into a spell slot as a bonus action on her turn. Also as a bonus action, she can expend a spell slot and gain a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level. So it takes two sorcery points to create one first level spell slot. But if you convert that first level spell slot to sorcery points, you're only going to get one sorcery point. 
So I have a couple players who are sorcerers and they hate I don't think they've ever turned spell slots into sorcery points. They always turn sorcery points into spell slots because you get more bang for your buck that way. But now Apriya's got the option. Okay, so there. At third level in Sorcerer, she's going to gain Meta Magic, which is a pretty cool ability. So she can essentially twist the magic of spells now. So there are a bunch of options for her. She can pick two Meta Magic options. I'm going to say, what do I think Abria would have? I think maybe Transmuted Spell, because Abria is very versatile, and I think Transmuted Spell allows for some versatility. So when she casts a spell that deals acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder damage, she can spend one sorcery point to change that damage type to one of the other types I listed. So say she did pick that fireball cantrip, she can shoot a fireball out. So if she's attacking something that she knows is immune or resistant to fire, she can just spend a sorcery point and change the type to like lightning or even poison, something cool like that. So transmuted spell and let's do, I think I'm gonna take heightened spell because in my opinion, it is one of the best metamagic options. When Abria casts a spell that forces a creature to make a saving throw to resist its effects, Abria can spend three sorcery points to give one target of the spell disadvantage on its first saving throw made against the spell. I think this would be a lot more effective on spells that maybe didn't do damage but had other negative effects, like Charm Person, let's say. You can just expend three sorcery points. She's a third level sorceress. So right now she has three sorcery points and just give them disadvantage on that roll, making it a lot more likely that Abria will be able to actually charm them. So that's a really cool one, it's really good. It might seem expensive, but I think it's a really good hat trick that you can, you can perform. Actually, I'm not entirely sure what hat trick is. I think I used it, right? It doesn't matter. Next, we are going to do... That was a weird sound I made, that's okay. We're gonna do, I think, fourth level in Sorcerer. And I think this might be our last one in Sorcerer. So fourth level in Sorcerer, she is going to get an ability score improvement. So she can increase one ability score of her choice by two, or two ability scores of her choice by one, or she can take a feat. Well, her ability scores are kind of abysmal, so let's increase those and maybe we'll be able to take a feat later. So I'm thinking we just do a plus two to charisma because she's a sorcerer, so she uses charisma for her spellcasting ability. So I think it's important for that to be high. So let's do plus two to charisma. So let's bump that 17 to a 19. In D&D, the ability score modifier increases every time the ability score goes to an even number. So she now has 19 charisma at 18, it changed to a plus four. At 19, it is still a plus four. And if we're able to increase it to 20, it'll go up again. But right now, plus four to charisma, that is awesome. Let's, for fifth level, I'm thinking, uh, I, I, I'm... Oh, oh, okay. Oh boy. There are a lot of really good sorcerer spells she can have access to if she goes fifth level in sorcerer. But I think we are going to multi-class instead. So for fifth level, we are now going into bard. I love bards. I can't get enough. I am horny for bards. Fight me. No, don't. I will lose. I have the strength of a newborn dove. Bard.
So as a bard, she's going to gain proficiency in light armor, but I don't think she's going to use that because that additional armor class she gets from Stone's durability is going to be better than what she can get with light armor. So going to ignore that. But she's also going to gain a skill proficiency, whichever one she wants, and a instrument proficiency. Love that. So for skill, it can be anything we want. What is Abria gonna be good at? How about... Uh, wow, she's bad at a lot of things because of her low intelligence and wisdom. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, how about... Ooh, here's something fun. Okay, so we've established it is canon that Abria Iyengar is a sorceress. That's all well and good. She grew up immersed in magic and spellcasting. And then she's like, I want to enter the world of like showbiz and entertainment, but I have to hide all of my magic. So let's give her proficiency in deception. Because that could be like someone thinks they see her do magic and Abria can just be like, haha, no, I didn't. And if her deception's good enough, they'll just be like, you know what, Abrea Iyengar, you're probably right, and you didn't do magic. And I'm fairly certain that's just what she's been doing her whole life, is just saying, I'm not magic, you guys, that's crazy. We know better. Anyway, so, boom, and now an instrument proficiency. She already has proficiency in clarinet. How about, should it be another woodwind? Ooh, harp. Okay, proficient in clarinet and harp. I love that for her. So as a first level bard, she is going to gain bardic inspiration. One of my favorite abilities. It's so good. So now as a bonus action on Abria's turn, she can choose one creature other than herself within 60 feet who can hear her. And that creature is going to gain a bardic inspiration die, which currently is a d6, six-sided die. And once within the next 10 minutes, the creature can roll the die and add the number rolled to one ability check, attack, roll, or saving throw that they make. The creature can wait until after they roll the d20 before deciding to actually use the bardic inspiration die, but they can't use it after the DM has already said if the roll succeeded or failed. So you can't like do an attack roll and the DM's like, no, you missed, and then be like, well, I have this bardic inspiration die, so if I add that, I hit. It's like, no, you you already missed. Just say that. It's fine. This says there's a 10-minute limit on bardic inspiration. I never enforce that. I think, you know, inspiration can last longer than 10 minutes. I'm not going to put a time limit on that. Well, I, I usually say, you know, uh, after a long rest, you'll lose your bardic inspiration, but anyway... She can use this feature a number of times equal to her charisma modifier, which we just bumped up to a plus four. So she can use bardic inspiration four times and she's going to regain expended uses when she finishes a long rest. Well, look at that. She's an elf. So her long rests are only four hours as opposed to eight hours, which I love. Bards are also spellcasters. So she's going to know two cantrips of her choice from the bard spell list. So fun things there like Vicious Mockery, which is a fun bard-only cantrip. Also for bards as well as sorcerers, spell casting ability is going to be Charisma also. So I love that. So her spell save DC is 8 plus her proficiency bonus plus her Charisma modifier. Her proficiency bonus goes up at 5th level, which she now is. And we just raised her Charisma, so it's going to be 8 
plus three plus four, or a spell save DC of 15, a big improvement over the 13 that it was, and the spell attack modifier is now going to be plus seven. Also, pretty big improvement. Beautiful, beautiful. So as a second level bard, sixth overall, she's going to get Jack of All Trades, or should it be Jill of All Trades? Why is Jill the other side of Jack? You know, Jack and Jill? Like, they don't sound similar, they just both start with J. Is the other side of Zach, Zermla? Oh, wow. I could not think of another name that started with Z fast enough for that joke, so ignore that. Anyway, she can now add half her proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check she makes that doesn't already include her proficiency bonus. I, I absolutely love this because right now her proficiency bonus is plus three, half and rounded down is going to be plus one. So anything she's not proficient in gets a plus one, which is incredible because she has a negative one to intelligence and wisdom. So all of those intelligence and wisdom skills she has that she isn't proficient in, and there are a lot of them, are going to go from a negative one to a plus zero. So that's already going to be a huge improvement for her. Eventually, her proficiency bonus is going to be plus six. So all of the skills she's not proficient in is going to be a plus three. So even though she has a minus two to strength and therefore a minus two to athletics, eventually she's going to have a plus one to athletics just because she can do it all, you know? She's also going to gain Song of Rest. So during a short rest, if her or any friendly creatures who can hear her performance regain hit points by spending hit dice, each of those creatures will regain an extra 1d6 hit points. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but you can use short rests whenever you want, and as long as you use one hit die, you can get this additional d6. So you could take a short rest, or just chill for an hour, use one hit die to regain hit points and get the additional d6, and then just immediately take another rest, use the rest of your hit dice, and get an additional d6. So you can kind of game the system, <laughs> game the gaming system a bit, but that, that can be a fun one because it doesn't seem like too many hit points and it's really not. A d6 isn't great in the grand scheme of things, but it, it's just free healing essentially. And I will never say no to that. Seventh level, that is third in Bard. She's going to gain Expertise. I love Expertise, one of my favorite abilities. So she can choose two of her skill proficiencies and just double the proficiency bonus for those skills because she's an expert in them, of course. So I think right off the bat, we've got to go performance. So she has a plus four to Charisma a plus three to proficiency bonus, but that is now doubled. So she's going to go from having a plus seven performance to a plus 10. Already double digits, and I love it. And let's see, what else do we have? She's proficient in a bunch of things. Um, I do really like the fantasy I've made of her just having this innate magic IRL. So I am going to give her expertise in Arcana as well. So even though she has a negative one to intelligence, because she has expertise, she now has a plus five to arcana. That's fun. <laughs> okay. She's also going to gain her bard college or her bard subclass. So let's see, what is she going to, what's, what's her major, you know? 
I do think she's fairly elegant and eloquent, so the College of Eloquence would make sense. But I, I think College of Lore actually makes the most sense because she's she's a storyteller. So as a College of Lore bard, she's going to gain bonus proficiencies. So she's just automatically going to gain proficiency with another three skills of her choice. She is going to be drowning in skill proficiencies. Let's do sleight of hand. Yeah, let's do sleight of hand. I think that'll help her hide her magic. So sleight of hand and also let's do insight. Because uh, I think reading people is really important when you are a game master. Being able to tell, you know, what are my players comfortable with? What are they enjoying? Are things going too slowly? Are they bored? It's, it's just good to be able to determine that. And last, but certainly not least, let's do... Wow, she's already proficient in so many things. Uh, how about... Let's do nature. I don't know why. It just feels right. So there you go, proficiencies in sleight of hand, insight, and nature. But she also gains cutting words, which is such a fun ability. So now when a creature that she can see within 60 feet of her makes an attack roll, an ability check, or a damage roll, she can use her reaction to expend one use of bardic inspiration. And she's going to roll that die and subtract the number rolled from the creature's roll. So just like with bardic inspiration, like actually using it, you have to use this before the DM determines whether the attack roll or the ability check succeeds or fails, or before the creature deals its damage. A creature is going to be immune to cutting words if it's immune to being charmed or it can't hear Abria. This is great. If I were to ever meet her, I'd want to want to be wearing a, a suit of armor so I, uh, so I don't cut myself on that sharp wit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in a weird mood today. It's my birthday in a few days, and I'm, like, kind of excited, even though there's still a pandemic going on, and I'm probably not gonna do anything. It's still just, like, mm, growing older. And don't worry, the ongoing trauma of time is something I talk to my therapist about all the time, so I'm good with that. Anyway, very off-topic, and you know I like to stay on-topic as much as possible. We are going to go 8th level, 4th in Bard, for another ability score improvement. Let's, let's do plus 1 to Charisma. So let's max out Charisma to make that a plus 5. Because now both her spell save DC and spell attack bonus go up for Sorcerer and Bard. And also, she's going to gain an additional use of Bardic Inspiration. Now we have another plus one. So we can we can increase Intelligence to 10 or Wisdom to 10 to get rid of that negative. Or we could put it... Uh, yeah, okay. I guess it makes sense to get rid of one of those. I don't know which one. So I think... From the little I know about her, I think she could make more use out of wisdom, out of, you know, being perceptive and insightful. So I'm going to bump that wisdom from a 9 to a 10, which changes the modifier from a negative 1 to a plus 0. Now, normally, I, I wouldn't really recommend that because truly having negatives in those isn't affecting her very negatively. Because she has the Jack-of-all-trades ability, she doesn't actually have negatives in any of her wisdom skills. 
but we had that extra one point and it wouldn't have improved anything else. So I figured, you know, why not? Beautiful. Ninth level, that is fifth in Bard. Her Bardic Inspiration is going to change from a D6 to a D8. And then it also means her cutting words is going to change from a D6 to a D8. So that can be more effective as well now. Furthermore, she's going to gain a font of inspiration. So it used to be she had to finish a long rest to gain all uses of her bardic inspiration back. But now it's a long rest or a short rest. So if she uses up all of her bardic inspiration, she can just chill for an hour. She can play a song on her clarinet and use Song of Rest and heal herself and her allies, and then, you know, just keep forging on with all of her Bardic Inspiration back. Let's do 10th level, that is 6th in Bard. She gains Counter Charm, which is a fun ability. So as an action, she can start a performance that lasts until the end of her next turn. And during that time, her and any friendly creatures within 30 feet of her are going to have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. You know I love that because being charmed sucks. It sucks. Truly. From her fae ancestry, from being an elf, she already had advantage against being charmed. But now she'll also have advantage against being frightened. And being frightened also sucks. I think it sucks less than being charmed, but it's still pretty rough. Of course, a creature is going to have to hear her to gain the benefit of her counter charm. The performance is going to end early if Abria is incapacitated or silenced, or if she voluntarily ends it with no action required, she can just stop playing her clarinet or stop playing her harp. Also, as a sixth level bard, she gains another bard college feature from the College of Lore. And that is called Additional Magical Secrets. So she can just learn two spells of her choice from any class. So I talked earlier about how I think Abria is versatile. And I really think this helps showcase this. Because of her stone sorcery, she got access to some paladin spells. She has sorcerer spells. She has bard spells. Well, now she can learn two spells from any other class. Like, she could learn freaking revivify now. She can just bring people back from the dead if she wants. Does she want? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know her. But the spells have to be for a level that she can cast. So as a 6th level bard, she can learn 3rd level bard spells. So she can pick 2 cantrip through 3rd level spells, essentially, and just know those. I have a player who picked revivify and slow, which I think is a fun choice for her character. So pretty awesome. Let's go 11th level, that is 7th in bard. She's just going to gain access to 4th level bard spells. 12th level, that is 8th in Bard, another ability score improvement. Uh, I'm trying to see how many ability score improvements she is going to get. And I think I'm going to increase... Let's see, should I bump up Dexterity or Constitution? Honestly, I think she's using Constitution more. Normally, I would think of increasing Dexterity because... Generally, that's what you use to help determine your armor class. But because of Stone's durability, she uses her constitution. So I think I'm going to bump that constitution from a 12 to a 14. 
So that changes from a plus one modifier to a plus two modifier, and the hit points you gain are added retroactively. So she's a 12th level character, so she's automatically going to gain an additional 12 hit points. And remember, because she's a stone sorcerer, she already gains an additional one hit point every level. So her hit points should actually be fine now. I think we're good with hit points. I don't think we're going to worry about that. Usually if I am worried about hit points, I'll give them the tough feat, which will give them an additional two hit points every level, but I don't think she really needs that. 13th level, let's go 9th in Bard. She's going to increase her Song of Rest ability, so now instead of an extra D6, it is an extra D8. So that improves a little bit as well. 14th level, 10th in Bard, her Bardic Inspiration die is going to change from a D8 to a D10, getting better and better. Those cutting words are even more cutting. Cut them to the Corabria, yes. Also, as a 10th level Bard, she's going to gain Expertise again. So she can just pick another two skills to gain Expertise in. Right now, she already has it in Arcana and Performance. Let's do... Let's do Insight and Perception. I increased her Wisdom, so I don't see why not. As a 14th level character, her Proficiency bonus is a plus 5. So even though her Wisdom is plus 0, she now has plus 10 to Insight and Perception. I kind of wish I knew more about her. Like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's very fun to just make shit up. That's why I like to DM, just, you know, so I can make shit up. But also it would have been cool to be like, hey, Abria, tell me things about yourself. No, that's actually creepy now that I say it out loud. So disregard that. I mean, she's not going to listen to this, but everyone else disregard that as well. Beautiful. Oh, she gets something else at 10th level. Damn, 10th level for bards is like pretty hefty, you know? Bardic Inspiration went up, she gained Expertise, and she's going to gain Magical Secrets. So she got that at 6th level from being a College of Lore Bard, but now she can just do it again and pick an additional 2 spells from any class to learn. So now as a 10th level Bard, I'm actually looking at the wording of this, and it says a spell you choose must be of a level you can cast. But because she multiclassed, she has more spell slots than she normally would. Like, if she were just a 10th level bard, her max spell slot level would be 5th. But because she's a 4th level sorcerer as well, she does have a 7th level spell slot. So can she learn a 7th level spell from this? Um, I don't know, and I don't feel like looking it up. So if some if someone listens to this and wants to look it up for me, uh, shoot me an email or something or, you know, DM me on Twitter because I am curious, but not curious enough to look it up. But there are a lot of cool spells she can learn. A lot of cool fifth level spells, a lot of cool just spells in general she can get from other classes. Like Conjure Elemental. Imagine Abria Iyengar's like just chilling and then she sees some like shit going down and she's like, yeah, I'm just gonna summon a fire elemental to go handle things. And then, you know, the ground erupts into a maelstrom of flame. And Abria just sits back and relaxes while her creation just causes havoc while righting wrongs. Or wronging rights. I don't know. This fantasy Abria is pretty chaotic. And I love that for her. 
11th level in Bard, Abria is now going to gain access to 6th level Bard spells. And again, she already did have access to 6th level spell slots, but she wasn't a strong enough Bard to actually learn 6th level Bard spells. She just cast her lower spells using those higher spell slots to increase their efficacy. But now, boom, 6th level Bard spells. We're going to go 12th level in Bard, 16th overall. Another ability score improvement. Um, honestly, I think we're good. I think she has, I think she has everything she needs. She doesn't need strength. She doesn't even really need intelligence or wisdom because she has that jack of all trades. None of those skills are in the negative. They're actually all in the positive now. Her charisma is maxed, which is her spellcasting modifier for both of her classes. So I think we're going to give her a feat. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's let's do it to it. What feat does Abria Iyengar have? Ooh, okay. <laughs> let's do Warcaster. I feel like Abria Iyengar gets up to some shit when people aren't looking. So, <laughs> Abria already has proficiency in constitution saving throws, which is awesome. But now she's going to have advantage on those constitution saving throws when she has to maintain concentration on spells when she takes damage. So there are a lot of great concentration spells in D&D, but if you lose concentration, the spell ends. Now she's going to have advantage on those rolls in order to maintain concentration, keep those effects going. But also, she can perform the somatic components of spells even when she has weapons or a shield in one or both hands. This is great because remember, she does have a shield and she has proficiency with weapons, and she has access to some really powerful smites too. So she could be wielding a shield and sword, performing those powerful smites, and still be able to cast other spells, like Cure Wounds, or Charm Person, or Scorching Ray. So that's fun for her, she can have some fun with that. Also, one of the reasons why I absolutely love Warcaster is when a hostile creature's movement provokes an opportunity attack from her, she can use her reaction to cast a spell at the creature rather than making an opportunity attack. The spell has to have a casting time of one action and must target only that creature. So say some plebeian is trying to flee from the majesty that is Abria, she could just be like, haha, no, no, chromatic orb in the back. And I, I love that image. That's, oh, that's fun. Okay, yeah, Warcaster. Beautiful, one of my favorite feats. I'm sure Abria really likes Warcaster too, because why wouldn't you? Let's go 13th level in Bard, 17th overall. Her Song of Rest is going to change from a D8 to a D10. She's also going to gain access to 7th level Bard spells. So her magic is popping off, can't be stopped, and why would you want to, right? Now let's go 14th level in Bard, 18th overall. That's just some more magical secrets. So she can pick another two spells from any class to learn. And now they can be up to 7th level, unless of course her having multi-class affected it, in which case they could be all the way to 9th level. I'm not I'm not entirely sure anymore. Someone get back to me on that. But she's also going to get a Bard College feature, the last feature she gets from the College of Lore, called Peerless Skill. So this ability is fine. I feel like it's only good if Abria is going solo, because 
essentially what it is is she can use Bardic Inspiration on herself now. Normally, Bardic Inspiration, just as a bonus action, you can give it to an ally or, you know, whomever you want to, I guess. But now when she makes an ability check, she can expend a use of Bardic Inspiration and just roll that Bardic Inspiration die and add the number rolled to her ability check. Just like with the regular Bardic Inspiration, she can choose to do so after she rolls, but before the DM tells her whether she succeeds or fails. So it's honestly worse than Bardic Inspiration because it's only an ability check. Regular Bardic Inspiration, an ally can use it for ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws. Abria's only got it for ability checks. And the checks that she makes are going to be pretty great because she has expertise in four skills and jack of all traits. Now she has a plus three to everything she's not proficient in. So I don't, I don't really think she'll be using this unless she rolls terribly. But that's what she gets, so... There you have it. Let's do 15th level in Bard. That is 19th overall. That is going to increase her Bardic Inspiration from a D10 to a D12. The highest that it gets. So inspiring. And now her cutting words can be so, so cutting. So now I'm thinking if we go 20th level, 16th in Bard, she'll get an ability score improvement and we can give her a feat. But if we do 5th in Sorcerer, she can get access to 3rd level Sorcerer spells, like Counterspell is a really cool one, Fireball, Fly. There's just a lot of really cool 3rd level Sorcerer spells. But I'm thinking if she got Magical Secrets, what, three times? She learned six spells that could be from the Sorcerer spell list. So I think let's Let's go 16th in bar to give her that ability score improvement and finish things off with another feat. I kind of would have liked to give her wood elf magic just because the prerequisite is being a wood elf and I think she's the first wood elf we've had so I've never actually been able to use this before. But all it would do is give her some extra spells where Wisdom would be the spellcasting ability for them. She has plus zero to Wisdom, so I'm not going to waste the feat on that. So let's instead do... I think for the final feat, I'm going to go with Observant. So we can increase her Intelligence or Wisdom score by one. So we can take that Intelligence from a nine and bump it up to a 10, which is now a plus zero modifier. Look at that. We got both Wisdom and Intelligence out of the negatives. Also, if Abria can see a creature's mouth while it's speaking a language she understands, she can interpret what it's saying just by reading their lips. The last ability that it gives her is she is now going to have a plus five bonus to her passive perception and investigation scores. So her investigation is a plus three because she has jack of all trades. Passive investigation and perception is just 10 plus those modifiers. So for investigation, she's now going to have an 18 investigation, but perception, she has not only proficiency, but expertise in. So even though she has plus zero to wisdom, she has plus 12 to perception. So her passive perception is going to be 27. This is awesome because if someone's trying to hide from Abria, they have to make a stealth check. And that stealth check they make is going to be contested by her passive perception. So they will have to make a stealth check over 27 in order to hide from Abria. And I love that fantasy. She's just, 
you know, walking along. Someone thinks they can get the drop on Abria. She's known that they've been following her. She knows that they've been there, but she doesn't care. You know why? Because she's so powerful that she knows that they are no threat to her. I love that for her. Okay, so that's Abria. We did it. That's 20th level. That is the last level. So Abria Iyengar, I feel like she needs a title, you know, because like every character I make, I usually give them like a title or something like Elizabeth Bathory. Her title was the most prolific female murderer for Hammurabi, who's the sixth king of Babylon. I feel like Abria needs a title as well for this kind of fantasy I've made. So I'm thinking the Witch Queen of... I need the name of a cool sounding place. The Witch Queen of... Gaupenny. <laughs> That's the... That is the uh, magic school in Misfits and Magic. So sure, the Witch Queen of Gaupenny. That's... That's fun. Okay, yeah. 20th level, so... Abria Iyengar, the Witch Queen of Gaupenny, background entertainer, race wood elf. She is a level four stone sorcery sorcerer and a level 16 college of lore bard. Her ending stats, we boosted them quite a bit. So six strength, 12 dexterity, 14 constitution, 10 intelligence, 10 wisdom and 20 charisma. Look at that, beautiful. So for skills, she has plus seven to acrobatics, plus 12 to arcana, plus 11 to deception, plus 12 to insight, plus six to nature, plus 12 to perception, plus 17 to performance, and boy does she ever, plus 11 to persuasion, and plus seven to sleight of hand. And remember, because of Jill of all trades, or Jack of all trades, Jill of... Because of that ability, she's going to have plus three to every skill that I did not mention. So even though she has a minus two to strength, she has a plus one to athletics. She's good at everything. Saving throws, she has plus eight to constitution and plus 11 to charisma. And remember, because of Warmaster, she's going to be making those concentration checks with advantage. Languages, she has common and elvish. Tool proficiencies, she's proficient in disguise kits, the clarinet, and the harp, because of course she is. I mean, come on. For feats, she has Warcaster to make her just an incredible battle mage, if she wants, if that's what she wants, she has the option, and Observant, so that no one can ever sneak up on her. I love giving, like, really... Like characters with a lot of just gravitas observant because it just makes so much sense that they just like, they know you're there. They know what you're thinking. They know what you're doing. They don't have to be looking directly at you. They just know. It's my kind of vision for Abria. Maybe she's on a hike. I don't know if she hikes, but in this she does because she has proficiency in nature. So I would have, I would figure she, she does that sometimes. Anyway, she's on a hike. She's alone because she's collecting spell components, I guess. And someone from a rival coven, because remember, she is the Witch Queen of Gaupenny, 
a rival coven has sent an assassin after her. They've been following her for a couple hours, just waiting for a moment to strike. Abria's not worried at all. Abria has known that they have been there the entire time. She doesn't give them a second thought because she knows that they are no threat. Then, eventually, Abria gets bored of their little game. She's tired of waiting for them to make a move, so she just turns towards the shadows that they are hiding in, and she just says, What are you waiting for? The assassin, having been found out, shoots off a couple shots with a poison-tipped crossbow, because that's what witch assassins have, I guess. Abria just throws up just a flick of her wrist, the shield spell, increasing her armor class to 22. The two crossbow bolts bounce off of her shield. The assassin tries to flee, knowing that they've failed, but... They can't go faster than Abria. They can't even find her because she's a wood elf. She's able to obscure herself so effortlessly under the foliage. She pops out in front of them. They are so startled. They know the end is coming. But she just twists her words around them like a beautiful perfume. And suddenly their mind becomes muddled. What... What's happened? Why would they try to attack someone so wonderful? And before they know it, they, they don't even realize why they're doing it. They're leading Abria back to their hidden coven. Before Abria steps through, she just summons an elemental to start its rampage before casting fly on herself and taking to the sky to just, I don't know, shoot bolts of lightning down on these witches that would try to depose her. The sheer audacity and foolishness that they displayed. Well, they don't deserve to live. So Abria kills them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fantasize Me. I don't know why I've been on a kick of turning people into like fey cryptids, which I'm very into. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod. Email in character suggestions to fantasizemepod at gmail.com. Please email me more suggestions. I love it. And right now my inbox is empty. Tis barren. So please email those in over on my Kofi, Kofi.com slash fantasize me. I have the Elemental Codex, a supplement of 100 elemental spells for sale there. And I have my newest supplement, Mundane Backgrounds for Extraordinary Heroes. 10 backgrounds that some people might not think of as being heroic, like toll booth operator or candy store owner or vice principal, what have you. It is currently, well, it's currently on sale. Will it still be on sale when this episode comes out? Yes. Okay. So if you are listening to this episode, the day it came out, Monday, February 28th, then it is still 50% off. That means it is 99 cents at the moment. If you're listening to it later, sorry, it's no longer half off, but it's, you know, still available. So, you know, be sure to rate five stars and follow and subscribe and do all the things I'm supposed to ask you to do. Thank you so much for listening, and we will do this again next week. Bye!